This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 9th, 2017 edition of On the Daily, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at HeathK, and my partner in crime tonight is a man you heard last week who was pinch-hitting for myself, and his takes were so great, we're, we're bringing him back for another week. Either wrote of his great at this point, really. Um, you can basically find him everywhere. Just if it, if it creates great fantasy content, he's probably contributed in some way. Um, it's Anthony Amico. You know him. You love him. You can follow him on Twitter, at Amixta, my old podcast partner in crime over in the, the RV repo. Anthony, how was everything, man, and how'd you do? Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Last week in DFS last week. Dude, I really appreciate the intro. I need to, uh, I need to make appearances more often around here i guess mm-hmm. uh, i make me feel really good about myself uh last <laughs> week i took i took a huge bath last week in, in dfs i mean i didn't get it done in cash games i had like uh i was sitting on this 2v2 like right before lock because we had all that uh with all that late news with fournette and Ertz right. and all that stuff so i was basically just sitting on this 2v2 right before lock of uh ap and uh, that the cheap receiver on the Chiefs, I don't even remember his name anymore, but he was 3,200. And, uh, Chris Ivory and Bob Woods. And, uh, I took the AP side and obviously Woods had the two touchdowns. So that difference, that was kind of the difference for me in cash. Um, didn't have Kamara in cash, which was kind of bad process. Had Hunt in cash, bad process. So I don't know. Just, just took, uh, week nine as a really big learning experience and, I'm looking forward to getting back to it here in week 10. So you can really ask for it. Just as long as you're improving every week and you're able to identify those, those process errors, um, that's really all you can ask for. Just try to keep pressing forward. Don't, don't think about the past. Just keep pressing forward. All right. Let's move on to this week. Hopefully a better week for you, Anthony. But before we do, I want to remind everyone you get a listener's only 30% discount to a road of his NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. All right, let's begin everything 
with some cash game plays in it. Anthony, excuse me, you're not Nick, Anthony. And we're going to begin at the wide receiver position. It's a week to where I'm seeing a lot of guys in GPP plays, just kind of, you know, off the top that I like, but I'm not so sure about cash games yet. Have you identified some guys outside of a few obvious names at the top that you really kind of have locked in as your, you know, just complete cash game values? Yeah, I think it's a really, really nice week to pay down at this position. Uh, it's been really difficult, I think, to identify solid receivers at the low end the last few weeks. But I think that is going to change a lot. I mean, obviously, at the high end, you always have Antonio Brown, the Colts stink. That's one of those obvious plays yeah. you talked about. But there's three guys that I really, really like for 4,100 or less on DraftKings this week. I'll start with. I guess the most obvious, just because he was really good for fantasy owners last week, and that's Mar- Marquise Lee. Uh, still only 4100 on DK. Really surprised that, that pricing had 21.5 DraftKings points last week on 12 targets. And it really wasn't a surprise. I, I mean, I, it was obviously his best game of the year so far. But if you were following a lot of the stuff that Josh Hermsmeyer has been doing over at AirYards.com and his AirYards by Lowe's, on Rotoviz, you know that Lee has basically been a weekly buy low just because he's been top 10 in Whopper rating for most of the year, uh, Whopper being weighted opportunity. So, I mean, Lee is still very clearly the top receiver in this offense. He has 10 or more targets in two of the last three weeks. Uh, this game against the Chargers maybe doesn't project as one that they're going to have to throw a ton in. But, uh, you know, when they are throwing, we certainly know that's going to be to Lee. So I think that at his price, he is definitely somebody to look into. Uh, all the way towards the bottom, this week's kind of free square, I think, on DraftKings is Adam Humphreys at 3100 We got some news fairly early in the week, but after prices came out that Mike Evans would be suspended for this game after just completely blindsiding Marshawn Lattimore in the game against New Orleans. So Evans is going to be out. Uh, Grant Barfield had some really nice stats on the Twitter sphere about Ryan Fitzpatrick's past tendencies since Jameis Winston will be out with his shoulder issues. Uh, and he's targeted Humphreys 17% of the time on the year. Granted, it's less than 50 total pass attempts, but it's easy to see that he does have uh, at least some affinity for Humphreys. Uh, Humphreys is... A really nice fit if you look at how his racer profile matches up with that of the Jets' defense in terms of what they've allowed this season. Again, over at AirYards.com, and you know Humphreys is is only 3100. So I think that, especially on the full PPR site, DraftKings, I think that he makes for really a cash game lock at this point. He helps you to fit in some of the high-priced running backs that we'll talk about later. And uh, if you wanted to go. Three cheap guys at receiver, which I definitely think is a construction you can consider. Corey Davis for four grand, uh, really nice value, I think. I mean, last week he came back after missing multiple weeks the hamstring issue. Baltimore is one of the elite secondaries in football. But the important thing here is that Davis only had two less snaps and two less targets than Rashard Matthews. He drastically outsnapped Eric Decker. And he got five targets of his own. So I think that Davis is pretty much back. I would expect this week against Cincinnati a much easier matchup for him to start getting some more targets. We saw him get 10 targets to start the year against Oakland. I think that 
his workload could approach that number again. And Davis was just the top five pick, so I, I think his talent is pretty secure. Uh, so for 4K, I think that that is uh, a nice buy. I, you know, I think that he's probably third out of the three guys. Um, I, I at least prefer Lee. I know I know a bunch of people I've talked to prefer Davis, but I think Lee's usage overall is just safer. But Davis absolutely has probably the biggest ceiling of the three players. So I really like all three of these guys. I think this is a really nice foundation for DraftKings cash games this week. Those are some great options, Anthony. Uh, just a few uh, I did not hear you mention off the top that I think are going to be viable um, in cash this week. Um, targeting that that Houston secondary, um, we saw what has been happening to them following just the you know the countless number of injuries they've really sustained to their defense. Um, they've really been picked apart, especially in the passing game. Um, and with Jared Goff and, and this Rams offense just remaining one of the oddly consistent and potent offenses in the NFL, it's not something I thought I'd hear myself saying at the beginning of the year. Um, I think this it really just kind of opens up to a couple of nice um, mid-price options, um, especially on DraftKings in Robert Woods. At 5,000 and Cooper Cup at 4,600. I know that it, it's kind of um, hit and miss on which one you go after, as Jared Goff has found. Um, or, you know, he's he's able to spread the ball. Excuse me, um, to to various receivers. I think I would learn. I would lean Robert Woods in this case, but I think Cooper Cup has kind of shown that he may be a decent option. He's probably more of a GPP guy, though. If I'm if I'm being quite honest. Um, Going back to that that Jets Tampa Bay game, Robbie Anderson at 5200 on DraftKings I think is a is a fine option against this Tampa Bay secondary that has really just been giving up all kinds of points as this team is clearly looks to be a, just you know a, a ship without a rudder at this point. And then one that I know that you were really big on Adam Humphreys I, I love that play, but I want to get your thoughts on Deshaun Jackson. At 4,900, I think he's going to be a popular name this week, given that Mike Evans is going to be out and he's kind of the presumed um, number one in this offense. What do you think of him, even though his you know, profile kind of stands out as one that is more boomer bust? Yeah, so with the Rams guys, I think it's really interesting because at the top, Woods and Cuff have clearly led, you know, there's receiving options and targets, 49 targets for Woods. 47 for Cup. Uh, Woods had the monster game last week, but really did a lot of that after the catch. You know, we know he had the 50-plus yard screen touchdown on third and 33, uh, rip Giants. But uh, Cup is towards the top of the league in red zone targets, and he's been someone that Goff has routinely targeted, not just in scoring areas, but also on important downs. I think that they probably have the best relationship. So I think between those guys, I probably lean Cup. Uh, but to be honest, I, my favorite Rams receiver, and this probably is more of a GPP play, I like Sammy Watkins the most, uh, just because Houston has really been badly beat down the field. We saw them get crushed by T.Y. Hilton last week, two weeks ago. The Seattle duo of Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson routinely beat, the, beat this team deep down the field. And, you know, if you're looking at the average depths of target, you know, Robert Woods 9.7, Cooper Cup 9. But Sammy Watkins, 16.7. And I know that his usage has been a little more sporadic, only 31 targets. And, you know, most of his damage was done in that game against San Francisco on Thursday night. But I think that Watkins is really in a nice spot here overall. And 
you know, if, if he didn't have the long touchdown last week against the, against the Giants, I would imagine nobody would be on him at all. But, uh, you know, Watkins, I still think, is going to make for a, a decent play uh, in your lineups. Uh, with respect to the guys in that in the Jets game, I mean, I'm I'm personally not on Anderson just because I think the price is a little too high, 5200 uh, His price has come up a decent amount. I mean, when he was 4K and he was getting the usage he's getting, like, yeah, I'm definitely on that. But, you know, at his current price, he's really only crossed 15 DraftKings points uh, once in the last six weeks. So I, it's not really the kind of play that I'm going to look to make in a cash game and uh, Jackson is Jackson is fine. I feel a little similar. I mean, 4,900 is definitely too cheap when you expect him to be the number one target in the offense. But we have to factor in that his role probably changes the least out of all these guys. You figure that Humphreys is going to see a bump. Uh, obviously, Chris Godwin, just by virtue of, uh, you know, hey, you actually get to be on the field like that is going to be a fairly sizable bump. So I'm not totally sold on this being like an absolute Smash spot for DJX. Plus, we have to see the health of Mo Claiborne because he's been really good this year for the Jets. Um, and if he plays, I would imagine that he probably shadows Deshaun without Evans on the field. So, uh, Claiborne has been really good this year. Just 0.18 fantasy points per route covered allowed. Uh, one of the best marks in the league per PFF. So. Uh, I'm probably going to avoid Jackson as of now for that reason. But I know that Claiborne is a little dinged up, so maybe that changes. Great stuff, Anthony. One real quick name. Not a, not a guy I think I'm going to be on this week, but just really I think one that's going to be pretty popular, maybe one of the most popular of the slate. I want to get your opinion on him. Um, in a perceived nice matchup, should I say, uh, Golden Tate on DraftKings at 6,800, ticking on the Cleveland Browns. Do you think it'll be... It will, it will be a fine play given what we, you know, expect from Golden Tate as the number one guy in Detroit. However, against a, a Cleveland secondary that has really improved, at least against wide receivers in, in the past few weeks. What do you think about Golden Tate? Uh, just, just real quick. I think that he's fine, but uh, honestly, I would prefer Marvin Jones if I was going to play a Detroit wide receiver. Their prices are, their prices are pretty close. Uh, and Jones has just really balled out. Um, you know, Tate's snaps have come down recently. I'm just kind of worried about his situation. I, I mentioned this like before the season started a couple times. I don't know if I did an article, maybe it was just on Twitter, but you know, Detroit can get out of Golden Tate's contract after this season if they want to. Like this was something I was bringing up a lot when we were talking about Kenny Galladay. But you know, it's really quite possible that this team decides to move in another direction. It seems like they're kind of doing that now. Uh, you know, where Jones is, is their big guy outside to let Galladay do, you know, a lot of the stuff at all levels of the field. And, you know, theoretic, uh, America's, America's chosen receiving back is, you know, still a guy that can do some work out of the slot. So I'm not really sure that this team needs, you know, Golden Tate. And uh, I think that that's starting to come to fruition a little bit. I mean, granted, he still had nine targets last week. He, he went over 100 yards. He played really, really well. Uh, but the, the snaps really is is something that I'm going to continue to watch, and uh, it's a little concerning for me. Great stuff, Anthony. All right, let's move on to the next position, the quarterback position. Um, there's a lot of quarterback names that I have written down. Um, really only a couple I feel really comfortable with as cash game plays. I see a lot of tournament play options. I don't see a, a lot of like solid cash game plays. Do you happen to have a couple names 
that you're really going to find yourself gravitating towards in cash this week. Yeah, I think that I think that like you said, there's there's a lot of options. Uh, naturally, my first reaction in cash games is to look to pay down. So some of the names kind of in that lower range, uh, Eli Manning against the 49ers. I, I like both quarterbacks in this game. I think that Eli is, I guess, the preferred play in this range. Uh, I mean, I, I know that he hasn't been good, but if we're talking about matchup, it doesn't really get much, much better than the 49ers. They've been absolutely shredded this year in all facets. They're 27th in past DVOA. Uh, the Giants, of course, are 26th in past DVOA. Uh, but this is a game that I really, really like. Uh, in terms of fantasy goodness, uh, San Francisco and the Giants are both top six, top six, sorry, uh, in pace, according to football outsiders. Uh, so this is a game that I actually think, even if it doesn't feature a lot of points, because maybe these teams have their flaws that keep them out of the end zone, I think it's going to feature a lot of plays and a lot of possessions. So I really like Eli for that reason. I really like CJ Bathard. For that reason, uh, I think I might even like Bathard a little bit more than Manning. He's only 4,800. I mean, under 5K for a starting quarterback who has rushing ability like Bathard, I think is actually really, really nice for us. Uh, you know, Bathard has at least three rush attempts each of the past three weeks. He has a rushing touchdown in two of the last three weeks. The Giants' defense is atrocious, uh, to say it nicely. Uh, so I, I think him hitting like a cat, what you'd expect as like a cash value is nice and he does have some ceiling because, uh, you know, he hasn't thrown, he hasn't been particularly effective throwing the football. Uh, but, you know, if he does throw for a touchdown or two and he manages to rush for one or something, like the, the ceiling, I think, is really, really nice at that price. Um, you know, also in that range is Jacoby Brissett, who just continues to play really well and, and hasn't seen a price increase. 23.5 DraftKings points last week. About 17 DraftKings points the week before that. He still sits at 5,200. This is a game that he should absolutely have to throw a ton in. Uh, the Colts are 10.5 point underdogs as of now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so I think that all three of those guys are really nice plays in the low range. Maybe you can throw in Ryan Fitzpatrick in there as well. Uh, another under 5K option. Uh, and if I'm trying to pay up in cash, I'm probably just going to go with Stafford. I mean, Cleveland has given up a ton of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They've really done that for the better part of two seasons now. So uh, it is pretty stable uh, in terms of the production that they have allowed. And, you know, Stafford continues to cruise. He's been really, really strong lately. Obviously, on Monday Night Football, he was excellent against a bad Packers secondary. But even before that, uh, 21 DraftKings points against Pittsburgh, 23 DraftKings points against the Saints. So uh, he's starting to really roll right now and, and earn all that money he's got. And I think that obviously against Cleveland, you know, if you want Detroit exposure, he is probably your best out outlet. That's really interesting. There was some names I, I didn't expect you to say, especially Ryan Fitzpatrick, who um, I had mentioned before the show. I was looking at him as a tournament option. I didn't expect you to say as a cash game option. I, I think I kind of like that. Um, targeting that, that at San Francisco, New York Giants game, that, that's just bold. I, I, I think the Eli Manning value kind of stuck out to me, but then again, it's still having to really throw Eli Manning in your lineup. But I, I think you are on the right track there in terms of you want to pay down at quarterback whenever you can. And while Eli is, you know, he, he may not be the Eli of old by any means, 5,100 is just kind of an absurd value. 
in such a nice matchup. Um, you had mentioned paying up. If you do happen to go and pay down at a lot of wide receivers uh, for your wide receivers this week, uh, soak up some of the value, especially with a guy like an Adam Humphreys. What do you think about a guy like Dak Prescott at seventy three hundred? Yeah, I mean Dak is. I mean, I think we're at a point where Dak is one of the safest quarterback plays in fantasy football. I mean, he threw up a, a stinker two weeks ago at Washington, but that was a situation where there was a ton of inclement weather. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott was running the football really well. Uh, but you know, look at and a Washington secondary that's proved to be a lot better than we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you look at his other games: uh, twenty-seven DraftKings points. I'm just rounding up, obviously. Twenty-seven against the Chiefs. Uh, 30 against the Niners, 31 against the Packers, 24 against the Rams, 23 against the Cardinals. Like this guy's just a lock for 20 plus every week. Obviously, you're paying for that now because he's 7,300. But there's something to be said for locking in raw points to your lineup, and you can definitely do that with Dak. I mean, the the Falcons are really no great shakes either. They're 24th in pass DVOA. Uh, they are not exceptional by any means. This game opened up with the highest total on the slate, uh, 53. It has come down to 50.5, but uh, that is still the highest total on the slate. So I mean, there still should be a decent amount of scoring in that game. And if you can get, uh, you know, if you can get Dak, the guy who probably has to run the show now if Ezekiel Elliott is in fact suspended, uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. All right, thank, thank you, Anthony, for that reaffirming my opinion, making me feel a little bit better about myself. I appreciate that. I'm a huge, huge proponent of confirmation bias. You know? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next position, Anthony, the tight end position. So maybe there is some just rock solid value that I, you know, that I just simply cannot see. But from what I'm looking at, it looks like it's going to be a week to where you're just kind of punting the position with the exception of maybe a couple guys in consideration. Um, yeah. Who are you looking at at tight end this week for for your cash game lineups? Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite play for cash right now is Garrett Selleck, uh, stone minimum in that in that San Francisco Giants game. Uh, you know, George Kittle was ruled out on Monday. Again, pricing was already out, so Selleck, who really hasn't done a ton as a backup, now he gets to be the starter. The Giants are one of the worst teams in the league at defending tight ends, have been for a long time. Uh, so, I mean, Selleck at mid-price, we did this with Trey Burton last week, and he scored a touchdown. I mean, we may not get Selleck into the end zone, but for 2500 he really only has to catch three or four passes to pay that price. I think he's pretty clearly the best option. Um, I know that some people are going to be on the Eric Ebrons of the world against Cleveland, uh, again, because of matchup. I'm not 100% sure that I'm on that. I mean, Ebron has... Really lost a lot of snaps to Fells. Uh, has you know, only seen 10 targets the last two weeks. It's not like he's getting a ton of usage, so I think I'd rather save the 600 and go with Selleck, but that's definitely a play that people are going to like. Uh, but I think that if you're, if you're not going to punt, Vernon Davis is probably the guy that you want, you know, assuming that he is healthy and ready to go, which I, I expect him to be. You know, he had nine targets last week against Seattle. Uh, in basically a half of football. I mean, he got banged up and did most of that damage in the first half. So uh, his usage with Crowder out and Reed out uh, was really exceptional. And I think that their offensive line being banged up, honestly, has been helping him too because Kirk Cousins has been forced to get the ball out quickly. Uh, Minnesota's defense 
has been fantastic this year, but they have been somewhat susceptible to the tight end position. Uh, and again, you know, if nothing else, I feel like if teams are really, really successful on the boundary, which obviously Minnesota is with Xavier Rhodes, uh, that's going to force more targets inward, uh, you know, in that short part of the field, middle of the field. And, uh, you know, that's Davis's hotspot. So uh, it's, it's a short list, I think, this week for cash. I mean, certainly you can pay up for a guy like an Evan Ingram if you think you have the money. But uh, for me, it's really just it's really Selleck. And if I'm going to pay a little more uh, Davis in cash. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's the way to go. One more name I just want to kind of throw out there is a I don't think he's a lock by any means that like we've kind of seen over the last two weeks with him trending downward. But Hunter Henry at 3,900 was a guy that caught my eye, um, you know, against a team in the Jacksonville Jaguars that, you know, they're, they're not all that great against opposing tight ends. Um, you know, again, they have those just a fantastic corner duo, um, decent, great secondary, but it really kind of that soft spot over the middle with a, a talented guy like a Hunter Henry went in a week to where we're just kind of really looking to play like extreme value spots and really just kind of, you know, the, you know, playing theoretical um, guys who are just going to soak up a, a lot of targets. What do you think about just going with a guy like a, a Hunter Henry who we know has the talent and we can just really hope it just happens to be a game in which he, he sees their, the, the required volume. Henry is Henry for me is just the guy I want to keep on my watch list because I, do you see the path to production? You know, he had three straight weeks of over 10 DraftKings points leading into that game against the Patriots, but then he only had two targets. And I'm a little worried that Mike Williams being active and part of the lineup now is, is starting to siphon some work away from, from him. They haven't done quite as many two tight end sets since he's come back. So uh, I want to just see a little bit more of their offense and what they do before I trust Henry in my uh, cash lineup. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's go to the last position, Anthony, the running back position. Um, essentially one to where I just kind of find myself every week basing, you know, a lot of my early decisions on, you know, whoever is the the best play at running back, whether that happens to be kind of some low value guy or some extreme value guys and at the bottom end or some really just can't miss guys up at the top, but I really only see one, like, can't-miss guy this week. Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty obvious to most people. But, I don't know, do you happen to see a lot of other value at the running back position for at least uh, cash game consideration? Yeah, I mean, you're just locking in Lavelle, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know he's 9,800, but the Colts are allowing, uh, you know, a ton of fantasy points to the running back position. They just lost Henry Anderson, uh, to, uh, basically he like broke his throat is like the best way to describe it. Like a really, really brutal injury. Uh, he's not going to play and he's been a pretty big part of the Colts run defense being like average. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the fact that they're already giving up a ton of points to running backs in the passing game and now, uh, they're going to be a lot weaker in the middle. I mean, Lefel, uh, as a major favorite on the road is just going to have an absolute smash day. So, uh, you know, again, before we said we were paying down at receiver, so we're certainly paying up at running back. It's just a matter of who you want, right? I mean, we're waiting on the Ezekiel Elliott news. His hearing uh, is probably going to be happening by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, but the offices, the judicial offices are closed on Friday for Veterans Day. So that means that we may not get a response on this. If we don't get it on Thursday, uh, there's a chance that we don't get it until next week. And that would mean, of course, that Ezekiel Elliott is going to play this week against Atlanta. So... 
this is something that we're really going to want to make sure we keep an eye on, you know, when Zeke is in there and, you know, at sub 9K, no less, in a good matchup with Atlanta, I think that he is someone that you would want uh, if he suits up. Uh, really, all the guys in that top tier, I think, are in play. Todd Gurley, uh, three downs plus goal line. Uh, the guy that I should have played last week instead of Kareem Hunt, I'm not going to make that mistake twice. I think that Gurley is obviously in cash consideration. And Malcolm Brown, who's been his primary backup, has already been ruled out. So I think that, you know, last week we saw Gurley come out of the Giants game early. Um, in favor of Brown, just because they were up so much. I, I really don't see a way that that's going to happen this week. I think that Gurley is going to play and receive touches throughout the football game, and that makes me like him you know, just a little bit more, and I, you know, probably enough to maybe eke him out over a guy like Leonard Fournette, uh, who sits right under him. Uh, total workhorse, hasn't touched the football, though, in about a month uh, when you factor in his injury, the bye week, and the suspension last week. Uh, for, you know, missing a couple of team activities and violating some rules. Uh, you know, Fournette is super, super fresh. The Chargers are towards the bottom of the league in rush DVOA, 26th overall. So I, I, you know, this is a great matchup for Fournette. So all those guys in the top tier are really nice plays. And, uh, I think that there is even some value. So running back is really going to come down to kind of siphoning through this position and getting things to fit the best. Because you have Melvin Gordon there at 7,200 against the Jags. Uh, the Jags have been uh, really, really awesome <laughs> in pass defense with Jalen Ramsey and those guys in the secondary, but they've been really poor against the run, 31st and rush DVOA. Uh, they have been a little bit better since bringing in Marcel Darius, but that's been against teams like the Colts and the Bengals who haven't really been able to run the football anyway. So I think the jury's out on that a little bit, and I think that Gordon off a of bye could be probably the healthiest he's been in a long time, and and that would mean 25 plus touches at 7,200. I think that's a really good price. And uh, a guy that I, I'm kind of surprised hasn't popped in more models that, but I really like is Jared McKinnon. I know that the Redskins have been good defensively, but 6,600 for a guy that's touching the ball 20 times a game since Dal- Dalvin Cook has been out. Uh, he's got at least five receptions in three of those four games. So, uh, I mean, the receiving usage especially is basically good for, you know, 1x his salary just on catches. Uh, so you factor in all the other work that he's going to get, the likelihood that he maybe scores a touchdown. I think that he's a, a sharp play. And if we're going back to that Giants game, Carlos Hyde at 6,300, uh, Giants have been completely gashed on the ground this year. They've got destroyed last week by Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown, uh, even a little Tavon Austin. Uh, so I think that Hyde is probably going to be really popular and rightfully so i mean if you look at what he's done not just on the ground i mean the the rushing attempts really haven't been there uh you know just 12 12 14 13 the last four games but since cj bathard has taken over at quarterback his targets have gone up uh starting with the redskins game all the way to the cardinals game 6 8 9 11 so he's been seeing an increase in targets Uh, he's been getting the ball a ton in the passing game and i think that that's really buoyed his value so uh, that makes Hyde, I think, a really smart play also at 6,300. Yeah, that, that was really just a lot to unpack there. First, it's – I know it's a, just a quick note here on Ezekiel Elliott. I think it's just kind of comical at this point, the fact that we essentially have to consult um, <laughs> almost lawyers to kind of like try to understand if we're going to be able to play a certain guy in DFS every week. It's just – it's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a clown show, but I don't know. I guess somewhat entertaining, just to say the least. 
But yeah, like back to the, the whole DFS scope on everything. I think there's just so many good plays at the top that even if you wanted to go towards even the, you know, the, the middle salaries, I just don't think it's necessary. Um, you know, with guys like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and Zeke Elliott, if he does play, um, do you even have to bother considering a guy like a LaShawn McCoy at, at you know, 8,300 on DraftKings? I understand that New Orleans will likely be leading in that game, but, you know, we've seen LaShawn McCoy essentially be the everything in this offense, um, whether it be, you know, on, through the, through the rush, through the pass, he just used so much at a kind of a discount. Um, you, you had mentioned a guy like a Carlos Hyde is 6,300 against a, a very vulnerable Giants defense right now. Um, that's definitely a play. I just don't know if you even have to take the risk. Jordan Howard at 6,100. I think it's another guy you can really say is in cash consideration. I just don't know if you have to take the risk. Um, so I guess it's really just kind of come, come down to, do you want to be slightly contrarian in how you approach the running back position this week? Because I think you can if you want to, because you could even go after a game like the, you know, some of the Jets running backs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it, it's just, I, I think there's just such a strong core at the top there to which you can base your cash game lineup. I don't think you really have to get all that cute with it. Yeah. And, and real quick on McCoy, like, I'm going to let other people play shady this week. I think that with Charles Clay hopefully coming back and the addition of Kelvin Benjamin, the emergence of Zay Jones a little bit, I think it's possible that he sees less work in the passing game than we want. I mean, he only had one target against the Jets last week. Uh, that was his season low, but uh, I'm going to let other people play him. But like your premise on like, you know, let's just get those top guys in there. Yeah. Like, I mean, in cash games, you know, I think Bell is probably a lock to be like 50 plus percent owned, but I could see just a lot of other guys at like f- between 15 and 25 percent because, you know, there's really, it's really grasping at straws and, and difficult to choose between guys like Gurley and Fournette and Gordon and Zeke and Hyde. Like it's, I think it's really difficult to choose. So it really just comes down to uh, what you want to do with the other positions. Maybe even a three running back week on draft. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next segment, Anthony. The contrarian corner. So you've kind of already gone through a couple, um, just kind of in mention, um, you know, what, when we've gone through the position matchups for cash games this week. But how about some some of your top contrarian plays, really at any position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end? You know, what are some ways that you're looking to leverage off the field and really kind of um, get a big get a big jump um, at a particularly nice value at a low percentage this week? Yeah, one of my favorite guys this week uh, in terms of just price leverage is going to be David Njoku at tight end. Uh, I would expect Garrett Selleck to be extremely chalky by the time the week ends. I mean, Fantasy Labs right now has him projected at 0-1% to 1% ownership, but I think that once like more content comes out and people realize that he's a really nice $2,500 punt, uh, that Selleck is going to end up being quite owned. And as a result, I really like the pivot to Njoku uh, very, very quietly has amassed good volume the last three weeks, seven, five, and five targets for the Browns. Uh, I think that they're trying to get him going a little bit. Uh, you know that it takes rookie tight ends a little bit of time, unless your name is Evan Ingram, uh, to get, you know, involved in the offense. I think we're starting to hit that point of the season. And, you know, Cleveland is a massive underdog to the Lions. So I, I think that they're going to be throwing a bunch. Uh, Detroit has certainly had their own issues over the years with the tight end position. So I really like Njoku to do some damage. And again, 
You know, if he catches five passes for 50 yards uh, and a touchdown, you know, that's 16 DraftKings points. Well, he's he's $2,600, so that's a really massive multiplier on his salary, and it gives you the opportunity to still load up on some of those studs, uh, you know, in the rest of your lineup. So uh, Njoku is probably one of my favorite tournament plays this week. Uh, over at wide receiver, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know if it's, crazy contrarian but i really like julio jones against dallas i think that he really should have had a monster week last week against carolina but he had the drop past the end zone he had the pass where matt ryan missed him for like a 30-yard touchdown still went over 100 yards i I think that uh, the the blow-up spot the big game for julio is coming uh so uh, i'm really into that and again like i was saying before that San Francisco and Giants game, I'm, I'm going to look to stack that where I can. I don't really expect Bethard especially to be very popular, and I think that there's a lot of really cheap and really unique ways to stack him. Uh, you know, obviously you can pair him with Selleck, who's really cheap, but you know, Marquise Goodwin is an option. Audrey Robinson is an option. Both of those guys saw eight targets last week with uh, Pierre Garçon after the season. And I mentioned before that Hyde has been used a lot in the passing game. So there's a lot of ways that you can kind of stack Bethard. Uh, you know, you can go naked with him too, obviously also because the rushing upside, but you know, if you do stack him and you get a couple of these guys in there who are all extremely cheap, uh, again, that lets you get, um, some of these chalkier high price guys into your lineup. Uh, and it allows you to, uh, you know, get a stack that can score some points. So I think that those are all really, really nice plays. Um, you know, maybe McKinnon ends up being a little lower owned than I expect, and that makes him somewhat contrarian. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I think, is someone that you can consider against Dallas. I mean, Coleman has made a couple of really nice big plays lately. Uh, Devontae Freeman has seen a reduction in workload. I mean, the backfield overall, I think, has seen some less work, but Coleman is, is someone that can definitely do a lot against Dallas. Dallas has really struggled against pass catching running backs and I think that Coleman is exceptional at that. So as a, as a low percent play, he's, he's good there. And, uh, if you want your contrarian Detroit exposure, I think that Amir Abdullah is probably your ticket. He, uh, I don't, I don't have to convince you on Abdullah, but you know, last week he really saw the volume 21 rush attempts. He finally saw the volume in the red zone. Uh, you know, and listen, the game wasn't perfect. He fumbled twice, but if, if that workload is going to stick and the fact that we're not really sure is why you're going to get him at low ownership, uh, you know, he's going to be a good play against Cleveland. So for $4,500, I kind of like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I'm an, I'm an Amir Abdullah Mark and I have to admit that he has not played all that well this season, but it's every week like this that I try to look for these particular spots to where I predict the public is just going to be extremely far off on a guy due to, you know, just essentially just recency bias and try to play off of that in, you know, in spots to where they, it looks like it's going to be a viable matchup given the, the opposing defense they're going up against. And all it really takes is, you know, just for them to have a good week instead of a bad week. And, and you're looking at a lot of great value at low ownership. So I, I think I'm looking at spots that I, I think there's going to be some, some teams that people are going to really hammer hard in tournaments. And I'm really going to try to, Try to go the opposite way. So I think the first spot I really recognize that I think I'm going to go after is um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers passing game. You had mentioned before that Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, he had been uh, mentioned a few times by um, our, our mutual friend Graham Barfield on Twitter. Um, 
I think, in a spot against a New York Jets secondary to where this team as a whole has been really quite inspiring given what they've done with so little to work with on both sides of the ball, but they still remain quite vulnerable against the pass. Ryan Fitzpatrick does have these occasional blow-up games. You know, he threw for 290 yards and three touchdowns previously this year against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I know Mike Evans is out, but this could be a, a spot to where you could really go with a a really contrarian stack of, you know, Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, or maybe even, um, you know, one of the other options that we just really aren't considering, maybe perhaps one of the tight ends in Cameron Braid or O.J. Howard. Um, I think that could be a spot to where, you know, you really get kind of one of those blow-up spots and you're not going to have a lot of people on them. Um, another one I, I thought was a little interesting and it has me hesitating a little bit more is the Tennessee Titans passing game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Marcus Mariota, I think it's fair to say he's been uh, a, quite a disappointment this season, but we still know that Mariota himself with Corey Davis back and, you know, all the weapons they have in that passing game can be quite potent um, at certain times. So if you're going to get that passing game um, in a nice spot at a, at a low ownership percentage, why not just game sack them as well? And, you know, kind of like a, a really just buying into a spot to where you just, you're not going to have anyone really looking their way, just given just how many nice spots there are um, really just across the board and so many other games. So, yeah, all great stuff, Heath. And I, I think especially the Fitzpatrick play is one that is almost sure to be low owned just because I think that, you know, people see that Evans is out and they'll say, well, Evans is an in, so there's no way you can stack Fitzpatrick. But I mean, the other guys in this offense are still really good. Uh, you know, and the Jets secondary has maybe been a little bit better than we expected, but still not great. And I think that that's definitely exploitable. Yep. Yep, certainly. All right, let's move on to the next segment, Anthony. But before we do, we have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now to try the new app, Draft. It's one-week fantasy football with no management. Just set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can hop into one right now and play for cold, hard cash at any price level of your choosing. No salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft just like you do with your friends. And come join us on Draft today. All you have to do is just download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store Join a game in minutes or play on your desktop like I prefer to do on PlayDraft.com. Whichever you'd like, it's super easy. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. You just got to use our promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free for just using our promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play with us today with promo code RVRADIO. All right, Anthony, I, first off, before we begin our draft segment for the week, I have to thank you um, for, for putting up a W for me, you know, substituting for the week. Um, I may have gotten a little unlucky due to uh, Nick's unfortunate uh, choice of quarterback with Deshaun Watson, who was not able to play the game on Sunday, but you know what? I really just got to take the W's where I can get them because <laughs> Nick has been just crushing me all season. We have gotten it closer now, five to four in favor of Nick. And now you're going to be playing against me, Anthony. So I wish you the worst of luck 
in this particular week. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> go ahead. I feel, oh, I feel like I need to win now so that I can keep it even so I don't affect your guys' uh, your guys' uh, you know contest this year. No, 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 no. You don't gotta you don't gotta worry about that. Just <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's begin. You are first up, Anthony. So why don't you uh, start us off here? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to take Le'Veon Bell, just the easiest play on the board, lock it in. Get in, okay, okay. All right, well, if we're going to do that, um, I'm going to begin first with Todd Gurley. And while I am considering some other guys, Ezekiel Elliott kind of pops out as one. I, I don't want to possibly take a zero at that spot, so I think I'm going to play it safe here. And I'm actually going to go with quarterback. I'm going to take Dak Prescott. Ooh, very bold. Did not expect that. Um, well, I'm going to double down on Steelers, then I'll take Antonio Brown also. Okay. Um, and I will take Leonard Fournette. Right back. Leonard Fournette. Okay, that's, that's interesting. All right. So I am, I need to pick one running back and two wide receivers or tight ends. So we're going to hope for a turnaround this week. I'm going to go with Julio Jones. And to follow that up, since you already have two running backs, I'm going to fill my other wide receiver tight end spot. I'm going to go with A.J. Green. Oh, very sharp. Very sharp. I kind of regret now not taking a receiver uh, that last turn. But nonetheless, here we are. Um, Well, since I'm since I'm in this spot, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just add a little bit of variance to my lineup. Uh, I'm gonna stack together uh, Matt Stafford and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Okay, now that that's bold. That is really bold. Okay, so then I have one final pick to make. Leonard Fournette and of course the goat Le'Veon Bell. Should I just go full fanboy and go with Amir Abdullah? Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> All right, let, let's just... Uh, it's a tough one here, but I think I'm going to go with... You know what? We're going we're gonna to play... We're going to go floor play here. I'm going to go with Jordan Howard. All right. All right, so let's wrap it up. So I have Dak Prescott, Todd Gurley, Jordan Howard, Julio Jones, and A.J. Green, while Anthony has Matthew Stafford... Le'Veon Bell. Uh, let's see, who is your second running back here? You have Fournette. Fournette, excuse me. You have Antonio Brown and Marvin Jones. That is a really interesting one. Okay, so let's see if I can really bring it home here and tie up the score for the season. But let's move on to our next segment, Anthony, the defense section. Um, so, who are some defensive plays, whether it be GPP? Whether they play cash, they really just kind of merge at this point as, you know, defense is such a high variance position every week. We're really just looking for that value. So who are some defenses that you have lined up as really just um, in consideration for either cash or tourneys this week? Yeah, probably the defense I'm looking at most right now is the Bears. Um, they're five-point home favorites right now against the Packers. So I, I think that with that considered, they're a little cheap at 3K. Uh, Brett Hundley was making mistakes in his first couple of starts. Last week, he was very, very conservative, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to go right back, if he went right back to that. 
Uh, the Bears have been really, really good on defense this year, uh, particularly in terms of DraftKings scoring. They have at least seven DraftKings points in four straight games, at least 15 in two of those four. So, uh, you know, I think the Bears are pretty solid uh, for continuing to look cheap. Uh, you know, the Jets, you know, we mentioned Fitzpatrick being a nice play in tournaments, but I also think that it's no secret that Fitzpatrick has been tremendously, tremendously turnover prone, particularly with the interceptions. Uh, so as a result there, I think that you definitely want some exposure uh, to the Jets. Uh, you know, and then some of the other plays I like are really just going to be more in that high price range. Uh, you know, Detroit against Cleveland. Anytime, anytime Deshaun Kaiser is on a football field, I think that it's worth taking the opposing defense. Uh, and the same can go for Tom Savage as they face the Rams. Those defenses are 3,800 and 3,600 respectively. So a little bit higher priced. Uh, but I think both plays that you can make. And if you're looking for a nice tournament option, I think that Minnesota is good. Washington has been banged up on the offensive line and, and the, the Vikings are like an actual good real life defense. So I think that they make for a nice play as well. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think Chicago is probably going to be the one I'm going with as you get a nice value on them at 3000. They've really just shown to be a completely different defense at home as opposed to on the road. Um, they're probably going to be the one I'm leaning to most. Um, I think Detroit is just as fine. I think it's, it's a little tougher to get up to that salary, but, um, it could be the, could end up being the safer play as, you know, while, while we at Rotoviz love our Cleveland Browns, it's, uh, it has not been a great season and they have given up a lot of fantasy points to opposing defenses. Um, and really it's kind of a fact I didn't find myself putting into action all that much in previous years, but, Road defenses have not really shown to be all that much undervalued relative to home defenses. They've kind of shown to be quite good even on the road. So I think, you know, like you like you said, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Indianapolis Colts, again, a little higher price, 3700 I think they're just fine as they're going to find themselves in a lot of positive game scripts. In all likelihood, they're a pretty good defense on their own. And I think this Colts defense, or this Colts offense, excuse me, which Jacoby Brissett is quite prone to really just just vomit all over themselves in spots to where they find themselves down early. All right, let's move on to the next segment, the stacks and correlations play, Anthony. What are some teams that you're really looking to really stack and just kind of uh, take advantage of some, some nice leverage spots and really just hope to hit it big in some tourneys this weekend? Yeah, I, I'm not even necessarily sure that this will be – low owned from a quarterback perspective, but I think that stacking the Steelers is going to be really, really nice this week. I mean, uh, they're projected for a high team total. We know that the Colts have struggled a ton this year defensively, but, you know, Big Ben really hasn't been great this year, and this game will be on the road. So I feel like you get that Big Ben road narrative. I think that'll keep his ownership a little bit down, and all these Steelers guys are expensive. Le'Veon Bell is 9,800. Antonio Brown is 9,500. Uh, even Juju Smith-Schuster is up to 5,600, uh, which is you know mid-price, but much much higher than he was before the buy. Uh, so I think that playing these guys together in tournaments is going to be somewhat difficult to do. You're going to have to use some value. Uh, maybe even go like uh, double tight end, double cheap tight end, or something to you know to fit these guys in. But sacrifices will have to be made. So I think that. 
you know, to, to get these guys in one tournament lineup, even if they are all fairly owned individually, I'm not positive that there will be a ton of lineups that have them all together. So I think that that's something that's going to be worth exploring. Uh, I mentioned before during the draft segment that Stafford and Marvin Jones, I think, uh, you know, is a nice stack. Um, before I talked about the 49ers guys, so they are certainly uh, in play as well. You mentioned Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis. I definitely like that. Um, and uh, one got one that is a little going to be a lot less owned. And I, I meant to mention this when we did the contrarian corner, but I kind of like Mitch Trubisky and Kendall Wright as just like a super deep, super cheap, super unowned stack. Um, you know, Mitch Trubisky is 4,500 stone men at quarterback. Uh, Kendall Wright is 3,200 basically men. Um, but, you know, I think what's gone really overlooked here, we know that Trubisky hasn't thrown the ball that much. I mean, I think everyone kind of remembers the seven attempt game against Carolina. The team certainly doesn't want him to do a lot. Uh, but Kendall Wright has been good for over 20% of the targets. He had eight targets in their last game against the Saints. I think that he is probably their top option in the offense. And I think that, you know, the Bears probably took some time during the bye week trying to get Trubisky a little bit more acclimated to life in the NFL. And I think that that means that there will be some more opportunities for him to throw in neutral game script than what we've seen so far. Uh, the, the Packers really have one of the worst secondaries in football. Uh, you know, even that, even now with Kevin King and even being a little healthier, uh, I think that they are still pretty terrible. So, I mean, if Trubisky does get to like that 32 attempt mark that he had last week, it wouldn't surprise me if he threw for a couple of touchdowns. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Wright have a really nice week at that salary. And again, uh, that's a stack that lets you fit in, uh, you know, the Le'Veon Bells, the Todd Gurley's, the Julio Joneses, you know, and kind of get all those guys into one nice lineup. So, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning. I mean, all the top running backs, you can pretty much stack with a defense uh, as correlation plays. Love Bell, Todd Gurley, uh, Zeke. Uh, there's just a lot of ways you can go there. So I, I think that, um, oh, sorry, Fortinet. Uh, so I, I think that in terms of correlation, that's pretty obvious. But uh, in terms of the stacks, I'm hoping you can get some low ownership on, on some of those plays. That's really interesting. I didn't even think you have to go. With Kendall Wright, if you just play Mitchell Trubisky by himself, I think that might be enough of a differentiation to where you can really just kind of just surround yourself in chalk and maybe play kind of like a, a five to ten percent guy, and you're just you're going to be golden if he happens to go off. Yeah, um, it's like a legit like half percent play. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, one I didn't mention. I know I went over a couple in our contrarian corner. But um, I think the Atlanta Falcons passing game um, coming off a week to where they, they really disappointed, I think that could be one against the Dallas secondary. I know people think they are improving. I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm still not. I don't. I know they have a couple wins under their belts, but I, I still think they are just not all that talented. And Julio Jones um, and Matt Ryan are two guys that, while they have struggled, um, they are still a, a duo that can really just put up a, a ton of points. Um, every week, any really any week, um, and and against this poor secondary, I, I I'm still willing to bet on them if I'm going to get them at home in a game to where it can really turn into a shootout with just how impressive Dak Prescott's been. Um, I, I'm willing to go back 
to the well with them. Maybe not, you know, go super high, you know, a real high percentage across all my turning lineups, but I'm willing to, to bet on them. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of like you mentioned, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers passing game and the Tennessee Titans passing game, I think, are two that I'm going to be um, trying to build around as well and kind of surround the chalk with, you know, a lot of the other good running back spots and, and really value wide receivers. Good stuff, Heath. I like, I like a lot of that. I think that's really good. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final segment of the show. But before we do, Anthony, holiday cash. I know the holidays are coming up for you as well as I. You need cash. I need cash. I know where we can get it. My bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports prediction. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. That means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending. It also means there's a lot of football, basketball, hockey games. You can score big on every day. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. And they offer super fast payouts when you win, too. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money betting on games, you got to go to my bookie. They're the only site I trust, the only site I'd recommend, but you don't even have to take my word for it. Just check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup, a mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Just check them out. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use promo code ROTONFL to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right, our last segment of the show, the theories, the bets, the Vegas lines, all in one. Anthony, what are some lines that you think Vegas may have wrong? Are there any particular bets that you would consider making this week, whether it be game total, team total, who to win, who's going to win, who's going to lose, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm really into the totals, I think, especially for what we do with DFS. That's probably the most important. Uh, and the total that I like the most, uh, this is gonna, this is gonna shock you, Heath. Uh, Giants, Giants, uh, Niners. Uh, all the way down to 41 and a half right now, according to the Fantasy Labs, uh, Vegas dashboard. I think that that is, I hate using the word lock, but I feel really good about that going over. Uh, again, I mentioned the pace before, both teams top six in pace. There's going to be a lot of possessions in this game. I think that both defenses, honestly, are bad enough for uh, touchdowns to be scored. And, you know, when touchdowns are scored, it's pretty easy to go over that low of a total. I mean, 41 and a half. If this was in the mid-40s, uh, I'd probably be something I would stay away from. But I think that 
you know, even when you consider the incompetence that these teams have experienced, 41 and a half is just a little low uh, for my taste. Uh, I feel similar about the Steeler and uh, Colts game. You know, I think that 43 and a half, which is the current total, is low again. I mean, Pittsburgh could probably come close to covering this by themselves. I feel like they're going to score pretty easily again, especially when you consider the injuries that are on the Indy side defensively. No Vontae Davis, uh, no Anderson in the middle. So I feel like the Steelers will score. And, uh, you know, the Steelers defense has been pretty good this year, but I still feel like this Colts team can get, you know, a a score or two on the board. T.Y. Hilton at home indoors, always a threat to get behind the defense. So, I, I, you know, I feel like that if the Colts score, you know, 10 or 17 points in this game, like that's going to be enough for this to go over. So uh, I like that one as well. Um, and, that, you know, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't, I don't like to get too much into the into the spreads. I think the, the totals really are the way to, to attack this thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that I'm looking at, and I think there's not really any egregious lines, so, to tell you the truth. The only ones I was really kind of, kind of, you know, lurching my head at was perhaps the Cleveland Browns at plus 12. I think that number against a Detroit Lions team that I know that they've really kind of shown to, to be an offense that can really just go off in certain spots, but, um, that's just a lot of points, even though the, the Browns are on the road. I, I still believe the defense is slightly improving, even though they're still giving up a ton of points to opposing quarterbacks. And tight ends, fantasy points, excuse me. Um, that just, I don't know if I'd have the, the, the confidence, um, the, the courage to bet on them, but it's one I'm kind of looking at. Um, the Rams minus 11 and a half, that, that might be a little too low <laughs> to tell you the truth. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself there with the, the, the plus 12 and the Browns, but there's really, there's not a certain aspect on the Houston Texans that I think can really stand up to this Rams team in any way. Um, this Rams team has really picked up on the defensive side of the ball with all that talent, and Wade Phillips kind of has them going in the right direction now. Um, and the Rams offense has been just one of the most potent in the NFL going up against a defense that just gave up just a ton of points to a Seattle Seahawks offense that really has shown to be you know quite bad in, at, at a lot of spots this year. So um, I think if I'm going to go with one, even though it's a lot of points, I think Rams minus 11.5 is a, a spot that I, I might find myself putting a bet on. And, of course, you'll make that bet with uh, mybookie.ag. Well, of course. That's the only place I do make my bets. It's the only place. All right, Anthony. Thanks again for coming on and substituting for our friend Nick, who will be back next week. And, really, that's going to do it for this week's edition of On the Daily. Please remember to rate and review the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount to for subscribing to Rotoviz through the Rotoviz Radio channel rotoviz.com slash podcast. And yeah, that's going to do it. So for Anthony, who you can find on Twitter, at Amixta, I'm Heath Kruger, at HeathK on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week.
Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Geico presents Yikes! Another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.